Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adventures in Angular. I'm Aaron Frost, the host. I work with Hero Devs and ng-conf and today on the panel we have shy resnick shy intro yourself hello i'm shy resnick i run testangular.com and hires.io thank you very much <laughs> we have joe eames go ahead hey, everybody. Joe. joe eames from thinkster.io <laughs> and uh notably missing is one of the world's newest moms Alyssa Nichol. Oh so, my God! I, well, I mean, by the time this comes out, she'll be mom. I th- it's any time this week, though. So she's what just gonna be gone. That we don't know. No, I mean, I don't know anything. But that's why she's not here. She's resting up for mm. her mom. Oh. Anyway, so she's gonna be out for a few episodes. But uh, everyone, follow her on Twitter and wish her good luck as uh, as a new mom. I'm excited for. Her. And then as uh, our guest, we have. Raul Jimenez, we're going to have Raul go ahead and introduce yourself to the to the crowd. Hi, Hello. man. Hi, people. And, uh, well, I'm Raul Jimenez. I'm, uh, I'm uh, the CEO of a small company called By Default, and we work in Barcelona for all the world, and we do a lot of Angular. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. What's the name of your company? By default. It's a horrible default. name. Yeah. Byte, Byte name. defaults. Yeah, Byte. <laughs> what yeah. was the name of your old your old company? I, I don't have an old company. No, you did. You had a company with, with you and another guy. It was you had two developers. What was the name of your company? Uh that wasn't a, a company, actually. That was just a blog and it was two fucking developers. Yeah, two fucking developers. <laughs> Hey, hey, Code of Conduct. Uh, yeah, Code of Conduct. It's the name of a company. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Telling me? You're the... <laughs> Don't the judge his company. You're judging his company now. All right. No, no, no. You're the American. Okay. Shai <laughs> 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 Raznik, everybody. Welcome to the show. All right. We invited uh, Raul, the soothing tones of Raul, to the show today because uh, Raul has some stuff he wants to talk about. What are we talking about today, Raul? Well, I think that uh, I found that this is a very interesting topic, which is the um, functional programming, Angular, and NGRX. Okay. So a lot of people are like, dude, so many keywords, I don't even know. What does the keyword functional programming mean? Okay, functional programming. Um, this is like um, programming paradigm or uh, functional programming. <laughs> it's like when you use a f- 
the function, no? Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's like object-oriented programming, but you are not using objects mostly all the time. You are composing functions instead of objects. So that's... I think it's, it's uh, when you are dealing with functions that like produce no side effects, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah, well, that's, that's part of it. Yeah, but that's, that's very true. What's the difference so, between functional programming and pure functional programming? Pure functional programming, probably, I don't know. I'm going to just guess that pure functional programming doesn't have a, a shy side, uh, side effects or uh, you are not going to attach anything to a global objects or whatever. So is there like dirty functional programming? Oh, don't, don't, oh, maybe, no, don't go there. It's a trap. Yeah. I know, I know it is, but then just... Im impure to... functional programming, yeah. tainted uh, functional programming. Oh, man. Oh. I'm out. Out. <laughs> the eject, People. I just hit the eject button. <laughs> the eject. The eject button. Oh, we just saw no. it. We went right out. It was yeah. James Bond. Stop, you two. You have a Here conference to run. You have a conference <laughs> to run. As there you the go. <laughs> okay, let's stick with functional programming. So functional yeah. programming, can you tell us what's the problem that it's trying to solve? Well, I think that uh, what it's trying to solve, it's usually problems with extending classes and uh, uh, sometimes uh, to avoid to have states in your objects that can be, you know, maybe contaminated by other states or that kind of stuff. So what's important is that uh, your functions receive a, a, some parents and return some values and that's it. So, so they're not producing any side effects, but let's, let's take a, a real example from Angular. Like I have a component, okay? Okay. So, and I have a service, let's say, like a, I don't know, like a product component and a product service. Mm -hmm. And now we need to display products on the page. And okay. what so, is the where is the functional programming goes like playing in that scenario? In that scenario, probably it's going to play if you want to display a list of products, probably you should use something like um, NGRX or this other library. I don't remember the name. What uh, no our no X? And, and and I don't remember the name actually. I, I will find it. I will find yeah. it later. No, 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 no. It's very similar to NGRX, but it uses decorators and so on. Ah, NGXS. Ah, that one. That one. So you probably will use one of those. And what you are going to do is to use this uh, NGRX, uh, this Redux pattern, where you are not going to call the service directly but you are going to call an action that it's going to call the service and you are going to receive an action with the response from that service. In the middle of the process that it's going to be stored in a thing called a store, very appropriate name. The thing is that you cannot modify that store directly. You have to use always all the time actions. So that's to prevent those side effects that you, mean, that, that you uh, said before. That's pretty Here, much the thing. Here's my favorite question about side effects. Side effects are how, how you actually make a program do something. So why do I worry about side effects? Boom, Without side effects, nothing happens. 
Literally Stop. nothing happens without a side effect. So, like, let's say you have a function, Jose. Okay? Uh-huh. And That's my name. Don't word out. Jose. <laughs> let's say you have a function and you pass, uh, you pass a, like a person object into the function, yeah? Mm-hmm. You don't want the function to mutate the person. Maybe I do. Well, that's not functional. That's, that would be a mutation. That's not what functional. What is the function? Why, Joe, what, what Jose is asking is why wouldn't I want it to be Yeah, muted? so here, here's my scenario. I got a function. It's the radioactive spider function. I pass in the Peter Parker person, right? Obviously, I want the function to mutate the person. Right, that just makes sense. But you're saying that with functional program, I don't want that to happen. So with functional program, there's no superheroes, right? We don't. Okay. Marvel doesn't. Disney uh, doesn't make any money. That's not true. You can you can use, you can use effects, and that can start to mutate the results that you're getting from the server. If you if okay. that's what you want, if that's what you want. But let's so, talk about why not. Like, what is the problem? That's the, that's the first question. What is the problem that? Yeah, Doing what's the problem? This way, solve. You know, like I'm gonna let Raul. He's the expert. Uh, I mean, in my opinion, I'm not the expert. I'm just using it a lot at my work. That's it. <laughs> I'm not going to say that, that makes I'm you an expert. expert. I'm not going to say that I'm an expert on anything in my life. I think. Okay, so what it's trying to solve is to, you know, when when your applications are growing a lot. It usually happens that a lot of interactions between your data is happening there. So if you're using uh, this one direction pattern, you, you can know every time that someone or some function or some component or some view ha- has modified that, that, that's, that store. So that's the point of this thing. That you Wait, can how, know how would you exactly know that? every change. How would you know that? Well, we, we use Redux tools, mm-hmm. the depth tools for Redux, and every time that you, you, you can see this uh, log with all, the, with all the actions that you have executed. Mm-hmm. So every time that you do a call to the server and every time that you modify your store or you add an item to that store or you remove some things from the store, you, you can know that. Because you have on the depth tools, you have all the log. So, and by the way, uh, I believe that Mobix, which is a different uh, implementation of yeah. uh, state management, mm-hmm. has the same thing, but they use, I think, setters and getters. Now they use proxies, I think, to achieve the same thing. So you get a log of all the changes to a certain thing mm-hmm. and uh, without writing like a special action or making it functional per se. You can decorate something as an action and then prevent people from using it in other like levels of the program. But okay, so so you get like the logability, let's say, the logging ability to know when you do this in that Sorry. way. Mm-hmm. Can you also get lovability in there or is it is that not an option? No, lovability is n- not related to state management. It's okay. far, far away from far away. <laughs> management you will, pattern you will meet. You will never. But <laughs> it's hateability is in there. Hateability Hate. in there, yeah. Uh, but that's that's true with today's. <laughs> but okay, so l- let's say you have something that mutate 
the you know the, this is how people worked for years where they had like i don't know services or some cash or some something that hold like the person and then something would change it and it would render you know and where have we got to a place where it doesn't make sense or you know something happens and i don't know like what happens and you know the problems that you are describing is it happening like from your experience you moved to ngrx for for a reason so what led you to move to that okay <laughs> that's a good question well first of all we started in this project like uh, in angular alpha so ngrx didn't exist at all mm, interesting. That's, that's the first thing so after working in the project for like one year or so NGRX looked stable, pretty stable, and we decided to give it a try. Why? Because, well, you know, uh, functional programming was getting a lot of traction. Um, one of my coworkers, he's very into Elm too, and he kind of convinced me, hey, we should give it a try to this because we have these benefits, these benefits, these things. And he said, okay, let's let's give it a try. Yeah, wait, zoom in. What is this benefit and this benefit and this benefit? Well, he he explained me all these um, the problems about using object-oriented programming instead of functional programming and uh, the benefits with, uh, for example, using Redux Dev tools and all that stuff. By the way, did you suffer from anything before you moved to NGRX? Like, have you ex experienced any pain or hateability with the old way or, let's say, the older way of uh, how you did it? Not necessarily, but afterwards, we think that it was a, the right choice because, for example, we, we did some UI refactors. Like, we basically redone the whole UI. So we we throw all the uh, HTML and SAS files, keep some components, um, but we do it uh, completely right from the of the UI. But because we used NGRX, we we were able to reuse a lot of code, like all the services, all the reducers, the effects, the models. Basically, we, we were able to reuse a lot of that, which uh, you can do that also with, if you are not using a Jurex, that's, that's true, but maybe it's going to be more difficult if you are not, you know... The, the if good you thing are mixing you, concerns if you put a lot of logic in the components, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and sometimes you can mess up things easily if you are not using patterns. That's right. Uh, I object. I feel like you're leading the witness. No, I'm if asking you want him to say something. Just tell him what to say. He's taking notes. <laughs> say He's taking notes for, for his work. He's taking say, notes. Shai. Say, I love, you, Shai. Say. Yeah. I love you, Shai. Say, I love you, Shai, Raul. But I love you, Shai. And you know. Te quiero, Shai. Ah, si. Sí. <laughs> <laughs> the noise, bro. We're going to parrot for Shai. Um... But no, it's it's okay. I mean, I I, I like I like the questions. I like to be uh, interrogated. No, I think Shai's question is good. I think a lot of us 
don't know what a redux is. We don't know where it came from. We don't know why we need it, but we know that we keep hearing about it. So we just adopt it. Mm. Like, eh, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it isn't, but I got to adopt it. And so yeah. I think that's why Shai is asking like, Hey, what was the pain that pushed you there? Why redux did you- is the new iPhone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. It's yeah. the new iPhone. It says hey, it in the Red Beat has it. I must have it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but by I the don't way, know what Redux is, but I stood in line for four days to get one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you know, it's funny you say that, but that's how I feel. Like, I had no idea what it was, but people were like, Oi, do you have state in your app? I'm like, Obviously, Oi. I have state in my what app. What the hell are you Oi. talking about? I was a pirate. I was a pirate. It was a pirate. It was an angular pirate. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> I did the, them Redux. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Does you have some redux in your app? Yeah, Do you got yeah, some state? And I'm like, <laughs> I might have a state, you know? But uh, no, I've, and I, I feel like I got duped a little bit. And by the time I realized what it is, I realized, oh, this is overkill for what I need. I needed a better solution for this. But what I got was I got the doomsday solution that I only need if I have like a highly real-time concurrent data driven app which no, most of our apps aren't and even in the apps that are 90% of the data in that app isn't and so I don't know I understand, that's, I that's, understand that's, that's a question. Good, no no that's a good point Frosty because for that example let's say like a high uh, you know a lot of events push notifications and stuff like that maybe in that complexity level when you have mutable data that keeps changing a lot you might have a hard time to keep track yeah. Where bugs like you know uh, that come from mutation happen, and then it makes sense to keep it, uh, yeah. you know, mutable. Well, I just want to point out something. I'm actually building the next Facebook, so I obviously need it, right? I'm actually doing that. I'm building the whatever is going to be replaced Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm pretty sure. I mean, everybody in my company says we're building the next Facebook. My boss says we're building the next Facebook. Yeah, so we're, we need to be as performance as Facebook, right? You have a boss, Joe? <laughs> like Come I, on, Joe. I, I'm channeling my, my inner employee. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's your spirit animal. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's Dilbert. My spirit animal is Dilbert. Okay, yeah. so, so let's get back to NGRX and functional NGRX. So you're doing NGRX, which is divided into, instead of mutating something, you raise an action, you emit an action or something like that, and which is like an event. And like you have the reducer, which yeah. uh, handles the, the so state, right? Mutation. I, have, I have the same question. So I understand Redux, actions, side effects, reducers, selectors, right? Okay. How is functional programming with NGRX different than programming with NGRX? Like, yes. what's the difference between functional NGRX and non-functional NGRX? Because I, I know NGRX the way I learned it. Like, what makes your NGRX functional? Is what <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm asking. Well, I like would say that, programming NGRX. Yeah, I, I will say that um, NGRX is functional by default. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you are doing NGRX, you are doing functional programming. So the reducers themselves are return an immutable data, like not the, the actual data they receive, but a new copy of the data. And that makes them functional because they don't produce any side effect. They don't change maybe the state that they got. 
right? This well, is like if you, if, you are doing, if you are doing properly, yeah. <laughs> so the reducer is what's known as a pure function. If you give it the same input, it will put out the same output every single time. That's supposed to be what your reducer does. If you have a reducer that given the same input would ever output a different output, then you're not necessarily dealing with a functional of a pure function as your reducer, which is what they're supposed to be, right? Yeah. And so when we talk about functional programming with NGX, are we talking about the reducer or are we talking about like the selectors? Because really that's where these two paradigms are going to come in. Uh, are going to be in the reducer or the selector. It's not necessarily going to be in the side effect or the action. So what does functional programming in NGRX mean? Uh, who's using NGRX here? When I get forced to, I do. Okay. Yeah. And I'm in Genesis. Okay. Okay. Who like it? Uh, that was, bro, that was a sincere comment. I use it when I'm forced to. I'm being honest. Okay. And, and you like it? Oh, no. <laughs> you hate it. <laughs> yeah. I mean... It's, I love my friends that build it, so I won't say what I really think. I just think, I'll, I'll, I'll say it's, it's a bit over-architected for most of what I do. But I think we talked about it like two episodes ago. They also say that you might not need NGRX in everything that you do. You have use cases for that, and that's cool. That's okay. That's why I asked, and I asked from a sincere place, the use case that Raul went through, why he needed or they needed to use it because this is w- what I want to know myself when I will encounter a use case like that. I really want to know because if I will encounter this uh, mm-hmm. use case, I want to know if I should implement it or not. What is your experience? If it was helpful, I'm not asking it to troll. I'm asking from a sincere place. Okay. Thank you, Shai. I know that you're not a troll all the time. All the time, yeah. All the That's time. I don't know if when we choose uh, at the at that moment when we chosen the the NGRX as our you know state management uh, thing. I don't know if it was a good decision or if it was a very good you know solution for for our problem because in most cases of of our app we are just displaying leaves and. Uh, that kind of things, which is like the 99% of the apps are doing. But we have a particular case where we have to generate forms dynamically and store that data and all that stuff. We are using NGRX for all that. The app, it's uh, pretty complex to explain all what we do, but I do really know as I said before, that it was very good because when we did this, you know, this refactor, it was so easy uh, to do that refactor. Okay, let, let me ask you like, uh, uh, I don't know, backward question. Like if I want do NGRX in a functional way, what will be the danger in that? Like what am I missing? What's the pain there? Like- it is true and I, and I agree with Aaron that it is, not maybe what you should use for everything, for every single app that you're going to do, you should not probably use NGRX for everything. I really think that if your app is pretty big and you expect that your app is going to grow a lot, you are going to get more benefits in a long time. Why? I do think that because when your app is growing and uh, 
you have um, a lot of screens and those screens are growing and you have, you know, for example, now you, you have this upload component where you can do multiple uploads and then you can move along your app and you can still see your uploads there and all that and that, that kind of stuff, okay? You are going to be able to reuse a lot of code across all the screens and it's going to be very easy to use the same services and all that stuff across all those views when your app is, is growing and growing. And this is something that I've noticed. Uh, as I say, we, we've been working in this project for since Angular Alpha and we started using NGRX, I think that when version two uh, uh, was released. So we've been using NGRX for, for a long, long time. I will say almost two years maybe. And this is something that we that we really noticed that it helped us to uh, right now to create new screens for us. It's very very fast. A big part of that is because we are using NGRX, I think. Okay, uh, sorry to cut you there. Just focusing again, reiterating my question. It was not about using NGRX. Let's say I'm using NGRX already. Yeah. But now, like, let's say we said that the functional elements of it was the reducer. Like, if I'm making sure I'm returning a copy mm-hmm. of the data and not the data I received, this is will make it like a pure function yeah. without side effects. And then this will make it function. What is the danger with not doing it that way? Like, if I will return what I received and mutate it, what, what will happen? What is the danger in there? Probably what is going to happen is you will have your store is uh, going to have a copy in memory that it's not what you already, what you really get. So maybe you're going to see that one of your views is okay and the other is not or something like that. Why? Let me think about it. Okay, so you are telling me that you mutated your store. Uh, actually, that's not possible unless, yeah, you do the reducer, you mess up with your reducer. But mostly what it's going to happen, it's probably what I said, you are going to, your data, the data that you you receive it from, from the server or from whatever, it's not going to be the same that you have in your store. So I don't know what you are going to want that, actually. Hey, are you working on a complex enterprise Angular application? Angular Bootcamp is an intensive three-day workshop class to learn the basics of Angular through sophisticated techniques for real-world applications. They update the class regularly for the most current Angular, and a lot of the curriculum is also relevant to older versions. Or you can go beyond the three-day class with help from Oasis Digital, the team behind Angular Bootcamp. They can assist your team or launch your project, including scalability, data flow, state management, service architecture, full-stack product design, and a ton more. Or you can contact them for a private class at your location or attend public classes in cities around the U.S. and occasionally in Europe. Online live instructor training is also available at angularbootcamp.com. Yeah, Sometimes getting into the weeds on NGRX stuff is tough because we all have different needs, right? Every single one of our app is so different and, and uh, it's hard to compare. I think, I think that a lot of the disconnect around the conversation of, hey, state, just even that word 
anymore that word is so loaded. Like it used to just mean variables that had values, but now it's so loaded what state even stands for. And so I think people come into the word state with a lot of like already established points and assumptions made. And it makes it hard to sometimes see eye to eye on what we're talking about. And so there's a lot of confusion anymore, at least when I'm like, when I'm on the Twitter or I'm on, when I'm talking to those pirates, you know, that I was talking to, like, uh, stop talking to pirates. Well, you know, (laughs) if they talk to you, it's rude to not talk back. You have to talk. Yeah, but they don't, they don't really like programming. No, they like, they like things. No, they're programming pirates. So anyway, um, it makes it hard sometimes, but um, I am interested in understanding how people can write better functional RX stuff. And I think that the functional parts of, of NGRX are RX itself. Like when I look at, hey, how do, how do I make my NGRX functional? I go, okay, well, in NGRX, there's the reducer and you also have the effects, which even the RX, NGRX team feels like NGRX effects are completely separate from NGRX, right? Like they want people to use effects even outside of NGRX. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So NGRX effects kind of are outside of NGRX. So, and when you look at an effect, it's really, it's really just RX. Yeah, just, it, it is RX. And so when I look at, at, at NGRX, I see wrappers around some RX stuff. And so I think that the point here being getting good at NGR, getting good at RxJS and functional RX and like um, state mapping and like deriving one state from a previous state is really how you, um, how you get good at functional programming inside of NGRX or RX. It's, it's almost unrelated. It's almost a separate conversation to NGRX and it's more just around RxJS in general, unless you're talking about the reducer function because the reducer function, that actually is functional. Right, like that—that yeah. that is the piece of NGRX that is FP, and so that's kind of how I'm seeing. Like, are we talking about the reducer, or are we talking about how we select it back out of the store and mutate it from an array of users that's hard to search through into a map of users that's easy to search through, right? And like stuff like that. So like, and how how are we doing that kind of thing? So that's kind of how I see when we're talking about functional programming in RX or NGRX. I'm really just seeing a lot of conversation about RxJS. Is that true, Raul? Or what are you seeing different than what I'm seeing? No, 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 I agree with you. I think that RxJS is super important. I mean, uh, we we are using heavily, obviously, RxJS, especially in the facts, as you said. And also when we get the, the... you know, the success actions, when we do a call and that's the success action, it's uh, return. We do some operations, maybe on the view, whatever, and we use a lot of RxJS there too. So yeah, RxJS is definitely super important. If you want to be good probably with NGRX and functional programming, you have to to work a lot with RxJS and be good with that. And it's complex. <laughs> Until you, you get it, it's complex. I remember, you know, my first Angular 2. I think I came in on Angular 3. No, sorry. Angular 3 is invisible. Sorry. I think I came in on Angular 4. (laughs) Sorry. I just stepped in a hornet's nest. My bad, dude. I didn't mean to poke the bear. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) I I came in on the imaginary Angular. Sorry. No, I came in on Angular 4. And um, I kind of 
just skipped RX because like the plural site courses that were teaching me and like the Todd models were like, just do two promise. And they're yeah. like, basically, they're like, just step around it. Like, just get it back to a promise. Yeah. And so, and I'm not blaming them because I think, and I think there's a lot of people that still think this today. A lot of data doesn't need to be a stream because it's only coming one time. It's not concurrent. It's not going to update again and again and again. So promises work fine for them. So I think that there was some merit to teaching it that way. But it, it causes to kind of sidestep Angular or sorry, Arcs, because it's it's pokey, right? Like promises have like two callbacks, right? Rx has like four million and one as of this week operators. Like they got a <laughs> yeah. new one. It's now four million and one, right, Joe? Joe, am I right? It's up to four million and one. Yes, four million and uno. Oh, okay, cool. Thank you. Um, so. I think that like there's a reason why everyone was like, hey, just don't do this. Just step around it, right? And Bonnie at Hi-Rez was like, don't do it. It's bad. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so, but now I think the community generally is like, all right, about face. Let's, let's get serious on this RX stuff. And even if I only have to learn three or four of the operators, I at least need to learn it. And so there seems mm-hmm. to be a bit more prowess now in Angular 7. Reluctant prowess. I think a lot of people's reluctant, like people like me, oh my gosh, like I got over the reluctance because I had it. I identify with that comment a lot, Joe. But now I love it. Like I look at like my favorite technologies I've learned in the last five years and I think RX is my number one. Like it is so (laughs) phenomenal. Like it's so amazing. But I wasn't there when I started and I wasn't there with Angular either when I started. It took me some time to fall in love with it. And so, yeah, same way you felt about Backbone. Uh, yeah, it, it, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Backbone, I never had the honeymoon phase, but it never, yeah, I never got to like, a, oh, I like you now. Like, I never got there. <laughs> yeah. Backbone was always like, this is just as hard as just jQuery. So, why can't you, you, I just jQuery? Yeah. You was, never offered, let's be just be friends. You never asked, said that. <laughs> it's me. It's me. Not you. It's, it's me. Not you. Wait, but let's get back to the, just to maybe, I don't know, summarize or just trying to, to figure out what we, we have learned today. Okay, so... Probably nothing. <laughs> no, I'm trying to maybe take the, like, you know, the points that what is important because, well, the topic of today is NGRX, uh, like functional NGRX, Right. I think that we as a panel did like maybe not so good of a job, maybe interrupting you a lot <laughs> with questions. Uh, and we didn't let you maybe do or say the thing that you wanted to do or say. So um, I want you to have like, you know, the, the, the chance now to maybe talk about what you want to talk or just to, you know, give us the points, the important points that you want to, to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have any questions, right? And you are just doing this because you are not more creative. Yeah, I'm yes, not creative, yeah. So. Okay. That's, okay. No, I can I, vouch for that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's I a little bit of that. I think, I think Shai feels like we pulled it off the rails and we didn't, we didn't get to hear your message. And we want to make sure the listeners hear your message. Yeah. Am I wrong, Shai? Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. 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 Well, a um, couple of things. I think that, as you said, uh, uh, just use 
functional programming and NGRX, Redex, and all the stuff, if you like it, if you don't like it, and you don't feel comfortable with that, just don't do it. I think that that's, that's uh, the technology, it's just to get the best of it. If you are not getting it, or you are not getting the best of it, just don't do it. Just do whatever you want, and you, you think it's yeah. all right. You, that's everything. I know I would, if, you, if you don't like Angular, you can use Vue.js or Backbone or whatever. Yeah. Or I highly recommend Backbone. Highly yeah. recommend it. Same here. So that's backbone, the thing. Backbone back for life. I was on the Vue Redux documents the other day, and they had a statement. They said, this is like glasses. You'll know when you need it. And so if you don't know you need glasses, then you don't need them. Like, no one, none of us are like, I don't know if I need glasses. Should I go buy glasses? Like, no, no. Like, I hit 39 this year, and this was the first year I was like, I need, a gentleman needs glasses. I read the same thing, and I have a problem with that because people are usually afraid that when you will know, it will be too late, you know? So they always yeah, try but- to figure out if I should invest in this technology or framework or whatever or library and to study it now before it gets too late and then I'm I'm in scale and I cannot do cha- I cannot change my code because it's too messy and all that stuff. Yeah. It's a balance, right, Shay? Like you have to balance the the FOMO or the you don't want to write legacy code, right? I think Redux is unique because it has so much and I know that the uh, NGRX team when they hear this is going to love it. It has so much boilerplate that <laughs> I think I think that you do need especially to, Brandon. Yeah, Brandon loves that part. Just so everyone knows, tweet him about it. If everyone wants to tweet Brandon, it's <laughs> I know to do him. I know to do him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hashtag Brandon or, at mention Brandon. Say thanks for the hashtag boilerplate. Um, but no, I think that there is. You need to ask a couple extra questions to make sure it's worth it. Because when it's worth it, it's worth it. But I think there's a lot of the time that. It might be over-engineered, right? Like, no one wants to strap a lawnmower to the bottom of your Tesla to mow your lawn. Fire it. Yeah. Wait, like, you can but, do that? No, you can, but you no one yeah, wants to. It. Joe, 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 back it up. Back no, it I'm up, getting Joe. excited now. I know somebody who just bought a Tesla, and I have a lawnmower. <laughs> well, don't do it, Joe. You could do it. No, you could. I, could do it. I could. There's a time when it's like, okay, guys, the only feasible way to manage this is to put the, the lawnmower onto the Tesla. Like, there's a scenario where that's someone is going to say that before the world ends. <laughs> but it's not, it's yeah, not. Really <laughs> yeah, like, like, there's a scenario where that's a viable solution and no one has a smile on their face, right? But there's, <laughs> but there's a lot of scenarios, I would even argue more, where. <laughs> It's okay to put a Boolean somewhere else besides like in the, in the NGRX store. And so and that's all we're saying. And the glasses, despite Shai being a contrarian, the glasses <laughs> example is a good example. Like everyone understands you it. Are, like, I don't know if yeah, I need it. Some of me, I came on Twitter and they said, hey, this is not a good example because glasses at least fix something. And I don't think <laughs> Redux. <laughs> like, there are some people that, that, that disagree with it still. So, like, I'm just having fun. a roast of <laughs> No, no. Hey, Twitter taught me this. I didn't teach this. I'm not saying it. I would never say that. Twitter said that. I would I'm just asking the that. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm no. I'm not no. saying. Just asking the question. Just because I said it doesn't mean I support it. 
you know, but um, <laughs> now hold but, on a second. Uh, what about the scenario where I'm building the next Facebook? In that <laughs> case, right? I need Facebook I need it right off. Yeah, yeah. I need it right off the bat, right? I'm building the next Facebook. I don't know if you knew this. You need yeah, it. Yeah, you should. You probably should implement. You know what you said uh, before that state, uh, it used to be about variables, you know, putting values in, inside of variables. And now it became just like this word, complicated uh, word. There's another aspect that people don't talk about a lot, I feel, when talking about state is uh, caching, you know, that's a, a topic, right? That is very, very hard, like, I don't know, close to talking about state because if you think about the stores in NGRX, it's it's a cache layer, okay, that, that you could like, you know, use. And then you have other questions. Do I need a cache layer, okay, in that scenario? Do I need it anyway? Or do I need the, uh, always the fresh data from the server and all that question that... But- well, don't talk about that enough, I, I feel. But that's a topic for maybe a different uh, episode. Yeah, I, I think that um, cash is something that is helpful in some scenarios and it makes other apps worse because cash means you're trying to keep data around for, for more than temporary purposes. And you can end up with a lot of stale data unintentionally. And so if you're going to cash, you have to have an effective caching strategy Otherwise, like probably with some sort of server push notifications telling you update the cache. Otherwise, you're going to have stale data. And so, so I think a lot of people look at NGRX erroneously. And I don't, NGRX wasn't built to be a client-side database. It's not meant to get the data, put it in there, and then never ask for it again. It's only meant to be a place where you can concurrently serve the same piece of data to multiple people without worrying if they have different copies. But it's not necessarily meant to be a cache. So I think caching is a completely different topic separate of NGRX, in my opinion. I I think I think you could solve caching with NGRX. I think and you could put it into the store, but every app is so different. Every need for caching. Like if I if you were selling donuts, your cache is so much different than if you're if you're selling stock options, right? Or like real-time brokerage. Because it doesn't mean, Aaron. Well, donuts are static. Like, they're not going to change, right? Like, so your cash, yeah, the donut, like... Shai, you've never had a donut? I ate you know? one, and then it changed. <laughs> it changed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to ask him why. Anyway, okay, anyway. okay. Forget about the cash, okay? That's an, a different topic, a different episode. I see, like, people, okay, yeah, you could cash it with this plugin, and then it becomes, like, because it's sort of a repository. You have, like, one giant object, that is the store, which has lots of properties on it, which is mm-hmm. a, a giant big store, which is an anti-pattern, if, if you think about it, okay? A large, large object holding all the state. Where is the single responsibility? It's even more of an anti-pattern if you realize that it keeps a copy to every old version of the data as well. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Redux DevTools. <laughs> hashtag Time to Travel. So, okay. But there are good things that, we could take from it. And that's what I wanted to investigate in this episode. Like when you say it, what do you mean it? NGRX, like like the pattern, oh, like the, the functional aspects. Yeah, the functional aspects. Let's say, okay, here's one benefit that I see to functional way overwriting. Okay. Testing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a functional 
uh, like a, a service or let's say you have like a pure functions, it's much easier to test it than if you have like a state mutating uh, kind of thing. It's not that that is not possible to test, but pure functions are super easy to test and to understand. So that's that's one direction that using a pattern like NGRX maybe drive you in the reducers to make them pure function and they're easier to test. That's one benefit that I see to the function. That's why I wanted to investigate. That's why I asked the, these questions to get a better understanding what are the benefits. Maybe if I'm not using NGRX, I could still take these benefits into my projects, right? So do you see any other benefits like these that our listeners could take to their project? NGRX has a ton of good things. Like it has memoized uh, pipes, streams, right? Like, so your streams are memoized, meaning it's not going to fire more than necessary. So there's, a, there's an insane amount. Like when you turn on the push on push for change detection strategy in an angular component with memoized streams, Mm, that's pretty performant and there's no real way to deny that. And so there's a lot of really good things that it teaches you. It teaches you like if you use the facade pattern that Thomas Burleson talks about on with NGRX, you end up with a really nice API around your store and teaching people how to write APIs around their data access layer is really valuable. Like, so it actually teaches you a lot of insanely good patterns. And when you know you need it, it's like the most effective way to have highly concurrent, highly shared data. Like I can't think more easy to trace way of coding that up on highly concurrent data. So did you, one of those examples in there, was that an example of how having to deal with the complexity it adds teaches you good things? Is that, was that a, I mean the facade pattern. Um, That's like I'm dealing with the complexity. I'm doing. I'm. I'm. I'm working in spite of it. That was. It seemed like that was one well, of your examples there, right? Like no, I wasn't. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying is not untrue, but that's not why I was saying it. Like, because um, you can write NGRX in a way where you've broken the law of Demeter, and now your component knows too much about the store, right? And like. That's crazy. Or maybe you take the selector back into your component and then you start making immutable streams in your component when really that should be up inside of a service so that other people can reuse the same logic. You know what I'm saying? And so... Right. Um, hey, uh, this is a pretty advanced episode, but still it might be good to do a quick definition of law Demeter. Since you name dropped it. Um, it's just trying to draw fences around like um, pieces of logic and keep them reasonable in themselves so that you, you don't have one thing that knows too much about its, its environment or a component knows too much about the store. A good example for it, if when you find yourself calling an object like a service, get this other service, if it has a method that gets you another object, and then you use and call a method on that other object, this is breaking the law of the meter because yeah. you should have just like a you know, function that does something and don't get you another object. You should yeah. inject this object if you need it. Yeah. Lucas, and actually I learned this from Lucas and uh, Lucas Rubelkey, everyone knows. I mean, and he's great. And so it's really important. I think there's a, there's a ton of good stuff that even if you're like, eh, I don't need NGX, there's still a lot of patterns from it you should be following. And I'll, I'll, I'll stand on that hill. I think that, um, well, there, there are uh, a lot of, Good things about NGRX. 
about using Angular X in your project. For me, one, one of them is that if you're working in kind of big teams, it's going to be very used to introduce new members because when there is a, there is a lot of documentation, there is a good a lot of good examples on the internet. Once you have learned how NGRX works, to use NGRX, it's it is maybe you have to write this boilerplate that it's not boilerplate actually, but boilerplate, okay. And the thing is that when you have learned that. It is very easy to, to you know, to call a service, and you know exactly how the data flows. Which is this is you know every time that you heard about Redux, you say what the hell they mean when they say how the data flows, and you say that sounds like a bullshit, right? And so the thing is, it, it, it's it's that uh, it's it's not because you know that when you call an action from your view, that action is going to, you know, it's going to be captured or uh, get from uh, on the effect. And then on the effect, you will call to a service. That service will do some process or whatever and return, uh, you know, a, a value to, to the effect. And the effect will return a new action so you can do this, uh, interaction with your view. So the good thing about that is it's because because the flow is so it's so clear. So you call the action, it goes to the effect, from the effect to the service, from the service to the effect back, and from the effect it goes back to the UI. Because that that flow is so so easy to understand when you have done it like a few times, because it is easy when you have worked with that for a while. It's easy to you know to put some stuff in the middle. So, for example, what we do is we are using some a thing called uh, decoders, and these decoders it's a library that we created. Which uh, what it's doing is that uh, when we do a call to the API, we use these decoders to decode the response from the server. And if the response from the server is what we expect then we return a success, otherwise return a failure. Why we are doing that? Because sometimes there are bugs introduced in the API that can crash the UI, and with those decoders, we can prevent that. And that kind of things it, are very easy to understand if you, if you are following that architecture. And patterns are good because force you to do the things in one way. So there is not going to be a matter of choice of this developer or this other developer, you know? You're going to do this in that way because it's how you should do that, because it's the proper way, and that's it. So it's going to be easy to understand for everybody. I'm comfortable with that. I'm comfortable using patterns and libraries and that kind of things. All right, we're late in the show. So Raul, if, if anyone wants to reach out to you, have, has any questions for you, where can they find you on Twitter? On Elkash, which is E-L-E-C-A-S-H, uh, on yeah, Twitter, gosh. with the same uh, user that will follow, um, follow me on GitHub too, and probably other networks. Okay, cool. Um, well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for letting us barrage you with questions and for helping us dive into functional programming with NGRX and with RxJS. It's, it's appreciated.
This episode is brought to you by TripleByte. Applying to programming jobs sucks. You have to put the right keywords in your resume. You spend hours and hours on the phone screens and take home projects. And that's assuming the company even responds to your application. Well, if you're a software engineer, TripleByte can help. They work with over 400 top tech companies from big names like Dropbox and Adobe to exciting startups. You do one brief online interview with them. And if you do well, you go straight to final interviews with the company on their platform. It's like the common app for software developers. TripleByte does not look at your resume or where you went to school. All they care about is if you can code. I've helped dozens of software developers with various credentials get jobs, and this looks like a terrific way for you to get in and get interviewed and get a job without a lot of the hassle and overhead. You can go check them out at triplebyte.com slash angular. That's triplebyte.com, byte as in eight bits. As a special offer for listeners of this show, if you take a job through TripleByte, they'll offer you a $1,000 signing bonus. Let's go. Let's move into picks. Does anyone want to start the pick section? Yeah, I, I want to to recommend. I tweeted about it today, an awesome le- uh, talk by Steve Freeman, who is one of the goose, the growing object-oriented software guided by Testbook, uh, which gave a lecture two years ago about uh, TDD and how we meant it to be. So. That's uh, that I will put the link, and that's it for me today. Perfect, Joe. You want to go? Yeah, I'm gonna pick TypeScript. Type I like TypeScript. Script. Yeah, TypeScript is pretty cool. I started like playing around with a few things, and uh, I was looking at some computer science stuff. And I don't know if any of you knew this. I'm gonna anybody who knows this, I I'll buy you a swig. Did you know that TypeScript supports tuples? Yep. You did? You, you get a swig. No, they're tuples. It's, it's also GIF. <laughs> it's not tuples? I've heard it both ways. Yeah. That's, <laughs> the, that's what the GIF people say, Joe. That's what the GIF people say. <laughs> that's what the GIF people say. It's pronounced GIF. It's pronounced GIF. <laughs> anyway, TypeScript supports them, tuple tuples. And I did not know that until I was like looking around in the corner. Anyway, so TypeScript is actually pretty cool. What I like about it is it's fairly easy to like learn on top of JavaScript and there's really not that much you learn to need to learn to be pretty good at it. So I actually did throw together a quick little like video lesson on five essential le- lessons for ty- TypeScript competence. So if you Google that, five essential lessons for TypeScript competence, you'll find it. I put it up over on Thinkster, but it's free to the public. TypeScript. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to take a pick here. I'm going to have two picks today, okay? The first pick is the company I'm working with, Hero Devs, is launching a new conference. It's called RxJS Live. It's going to be in Vegas on September 5th and 6th. Uh, the CFP is opening tonight. All RxJS conference, if you want to go check it out, it's rxjs.live. And you can go on Twitter, RxJS Live, the Twitter account. Do a follow there to follow for announcements for the CFP, for tickets. Tickets go on sale. By the time this happens, the CFP and the tickets will already be on sale by the time this podcast goes out. So anyway, if you're out there saying, hey, I need to get better at this Rx stuff. I need to understand streams and observables and these patterns. And, and, Dude, and that's how- just like the whole world. Yeah, I know. But if, 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 you're, if you want to come, it's a first-year conference. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of, you know, Padwazaki, Ben Lech people there that are they're going to teach us, and, and we're going to spend a couple of days of community learning. So that's my first pick is RxJS Life. Second pick, a book called The Go-Giver. I read it, and I had a moment where it added some clarity. And I, I read a book, a small book like this, about a decade ago that changed me. 
And as I was reading The Go-Giver, I could tell this was going to change the way I approached a lot of things. And as I, as I read it, I started thinking about some people that a lot of you guys will know. Like I started thinking about Joe Eames. I started thinking about Jesse Sanders. I started thinking about Jorge Cano. And just people that give really endlessly. And like I'm amazed at how their giving makes me want to be a soldier for them. And this book was like, hey, when you give people, people are on your team now and they love you and they're looking out for you. And so it's called The Go-Giver. It helps you put some terms around all the giving that you do. You know, certainly high-res gives a lot to the community. High-res would be part of this giver category. So (laughs) I wanted to just put put it out there for people about giving and how to kind of grow as an influencer. It's called The Go-Giver and you can check it out on Audible. It's only about three hours. So those are my two picks this week. By the way, you're one of my inspirations, uh, Frosty, for giving from seeing the behind the scenes of NGConf and how much you put an effort to give back to the attendees. So just know that. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Raul, you want to take a chance at, uh, some, at some picks? Yeah, obviously. I use this, this thing called quicktype.io. I don't know if you know it. This is a great tool where you can transform your, you know, your JSON files to interfaces and so on. It is very, very useful. I'm using it a lot and I like it a lot. And the other thing that I would like to, it's my, my friends at AGGrid. They are great. I don't know if you know about AGGrid, but AGGrid is uh, the best grid in the world. And I love the guys behind it because they are very, 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 very nice people. AGGrid! I can second that. And that's it. I think that those are the two very good links. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you uh, want to reach out to us, go follow us on Twitter, Angular Podcast, and we will be tweeting some new announcements from there going forward. So thank you, and we'll catch you all next time. Thank you, Raul. Thank you, everybody. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.